Hi, I'm Lydia with Revelation Real Estate, and today in Solving Life's Next Chapter, we have two very special people, and we're going to be talking about COVID and the newest information that we have about COVID, how to protect ourselves, what to do with our loved ones if they are in, in um, a community such as an independent assisted or memory care. But before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Grandpa, when you get out better, can we go fishing? How about next weekend? Really? Grandma told Mommy that you were really sick. I was, but thanks to Mommy and Dispatch Health, I'm good as new. What's Dispatch Health, Grandpa? Remember when you broke your leg and Mom and Dad took you to the hospital? Yeah. That whole building, with the equipment they need, turns into a car with medical people inside, and they come to your home. What did Mommy do? She put this app on my phone. I tapped the app, and Dispatch Health made a house call. I never left the house. Quality in-home medical care is at your fingertips, and it starts by downloading the free Dispatch Health app. Learn more by visiting DispatchHealth.com, and we'll send the mobile app directly to you just like the health care we provide. You know, Grandpa, I want to be a Dispatch Health person when I grow up. Dispatch Health accepts Medicare and most insurance. DispatchHealth.com Okay, so we're back and we have Bernie with Vicor Scientific. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, and we also have Andy with Nod, Scient- Nod Specialist, correct? Did I say that? Okay. (laughs) And um, what, um, Bernie, tell us what exactly is your company and what do they do? Okay, so Vicor Scientific, uh, we are a PCR technology laboratory, um, so molecular science. We specialize in infectious disease detection, excuse me, of UTI, gastro, respiratory, vaginal, wound, and nail. Uh, all through molecular science. So we're not, we're not a culture and sensitivity lab. We're not trying to grow anything. We are actually extracting DNA and RNA from simple non-invasive swabs uh, to figure out what the pathogen load of each one of those swabs is of every one of those uh, infectious diseases that we're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a, a huge panel, 150 plus pathogens that we are currently, let's call them bugs, that we are searching for. And the unique, um, the unique thing about our laboratory is we run each one of those pathogens found against 49 antibiotic resistance genes so that the providers out there aren't uh, simply doling out uh, broad spectrum antibiotics that aren't needed or will not work with, uh, with that particular patient. So that's, that's where we shine. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. And Andy, what, what does your company do? Give us a little bit of background on that as well. Yeah. So at Not Specialists, we're a telemedicine board certified infectious disease practice. Uh, so it's, it's quite timely with everything going on, um, but we've been doing this for some time within the last couple of years of telemedicine and practicing over 40 years. Um, so really be able to have someone that can that is a specialist and an expert with infections is really important. So we, we have a platform. It's quite easy to use. I could say if you, you can get on Facebook, you can get on our platform. Um, so we really make it user friendly for all users. And then additionally, we offer infection prevention services. So really working with uh, communities, working with hospital centers, clinics, 
well, so maybe small group homes right. to know what they should be doing to take care of their clients, their employees, and that there's whole safety kind of widespread throughout those communities. Gotcha. Okay. So you both are like smack in the middle of this COVID-19 situation. And there's a lot of misinformation and or not even necessarily misinformation, just that um, the information that we started out with maybe a month or two ago has changed to today. Um, is that, that's a fair statement to, to make in the medical community. Is that correct? Changing by the hour. <laughs> Changing by the hour. You sound like my daughter. So, so I have a daughter that's a registered nurse in ICUs, and I get a lot of updates from her. And it's a little different than what I'm hearing on the news. I totally don't watch or listen to the, any of the news anymore. I haven't for years. Um, but I think it's really important for people to know that um, to get the right information, they need to really talk to somebody within the community or within the medical community about this particular um, virus. So um, tell us a little bit, the virus itself is more respiratory than anything else. Is that correct? That is, that is correct. It, um, that virus actually needs to be introduced uh, to the body through a nasal cavity and then uh, brought down into the, into the lungs. So uh, I was watching Dr. Oz the other day and he was, he said it, he said it so so simply, and that is that the virus is like a key that needs a keyhole to go into, and that's the only way that it can enter the body and become that in, that infectious disease that it's known as. Uh, it can't be ingested. It can't. You can't get it through a cut on your hand. It has to be um, ingested through the nasal cavities and thus introduced to the lungs. Okay. In in. Interesting. Okay. So, um, so what are you, are you actually, Bernie, or is your company actually doing testing for COVID? And here's another question I have as well, because um, I, I work with a lot of um, folks that are in assisted living and memory care. And, um, and then, of course, I get information from the hospital, and I keep hearing that there's not enough testing kits out there, so our numbers are skewed, and um, the hospitals don't really know the exact amount of, of COVID-positive patients that we have. So is, is that kind of accurate as far as that's concerned? Yes, and, and so we're doing, we are doing the testing. We do have the test kits available. Okay. Um, we are limiting our testing to 65 plus of age, okay. symptomatic, high risk patients. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe that probably the lack of test kits nationwide is due to fear testing. You have a 30 year old that's got a fever and, and a cough and they go, not waste a kit, but they they use right. a kit that possibly right. could be used for this senior population, which right. we think is the most high risk population right. in America. Which makes sense. So the 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 test itself is it a swab? Is it a, a blood test? What exactly is the test? So our test is a swab. It's okay. a, a nasopharyngeal swab, so a nasal swab that goes deep into the nasal cavity, and 
that test is administered, the test is sent to our laboratory via FedEx Express overnight, yeah. and within 24 hours, we are having a positive or negative for the COVID-19. The unique approach that we took was we decided to not simply test for COVID-19. We have a full respiratory panel that we test for. Um, mm -hmm. Our respiratory panel currently tests, including the COVID-19, tests for uh, 22 viruses, um, 15 bacteria, and one fungi. So it's a broad spectrum test that is okay. not just giving us a positive negative for the COVID. Um, okay. But it's also telling us what else is going on with that patient. Okay. So, and why would you do that? Is that because <clears throat> there may be other symptoms that um, could look like a COVID um, virus, but could be something else? Or w w what would be the reason for testing all those other um, uh, uh, panels that you've got? Sure. So, super interesting fact is that we did a snapshot of all the respiratory tests that, that have come in since we started testing for CV-19. And 76.1% of those tests had co-infection, meaning they had another virus, they had another bacteria, and possibly a fungi. Um, some of them had up to five different co-infections on one patient. Wow. So in layman's terms, you have somebody that's, that has a fever, that has a cough, that has shortness of breath. Um, if you were to take just a COVID-19 positive negative test and that test comes back negative, Mm -hmm. Okay, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do now as a provider? The right. patient is still symptomatic for some sort of, of thing going on with them. Okay. Also, what if it comes back negative? I'm sorry, positive, mm -hmm. but yet you have two or three bacteria in high loads coming coming back. Neat thing about it is we can tell the providers that, and that bacteria can then be treated with an antibiotic regimen. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, Andy, you, um, I, I listened to you earlier today, because I know you were on another panel um, that I was actually um, not part of, but I was listening in. And you actually work with a lot of our independent assisted and memory care communities. Um, because that's a, obviously a high risk community or uh, group and um, with compromised immune systems. So what, what are you suggest, suggesting for someone who maybe has a senior, um, either they're living at home and or in a community, what's the best way to, um, to keep them safe? Um, to, if they end up with, with the virus, what's the best way to handle it? How are you doing this with some of these larger communities that you're dealing with? Yeah, and I think that's a great question. It's multifaceted. Um, you know, just to kind of speak to when you have a senior in the home, you obviously have a little less risk of transmission because you're not around other residents. Uh, you're not going to be having those other employees coming in and take care of them. But I think the biggest thing is just practicing those social distancing and washing your hands. Mm -hmm. um, even though if you're cohorted with your family members, you know, someone goes out to the store, they come back, they touch the doorknob, you know, you just watch how that cycle goes. They go to wash their hands, but put the 
put the groceries on the counter, and then here comes that senior. I mean, we know the virus can live on surfaces for three days, and so I think that's just the biggest thing. Um, okay. Just making sure that that hygiene is good, and then you know, additionally within independent livings and assisted livings, I would be asking and advocating for your loved one. Just you know, what is your protocol? How are you taking care of? Uh, my loved one what are you doing for employees that have been exposed um, right. what what can we do to help you know and so I think that all those questions are really good and I know on the assisted living and in the facility side they're trying to figure out all those steps too right um, but I those are some of the questions I would just be asking as a loved one Right. And I do know both the hospital, my daughter has to go, everybody goes through now one door and they all get tested before they get into the hospital. Um, and then we're housing a friend of my daughter who actually works at a memory care and um, she's going to college and she goes in um, every day, one particular entrance and they do, they do have a large questionnaire that they're giving her who have you been with? Do you have any of the, these different symptoms as you're going in? Um, has anybody that you've been around with have a low-grade fever, a cough? I mean, those are some of the things, like you just said, um, that they are trying to, um, tr they're trying to keep that out of those places because once one person has it, it sounds like it, it's pretty rampant and can, it's pretty aggressive and can kind of, uh, move from from person to person pretty quickly if if you're not careful. Yes, correct. And, and I think uh, what you know we've really been talking with facilities to have them be prepared. You have one person that gets it, you're you're behind the eight ball, unfortunately. Um, right. And so you know just what you can do to make sure that those employees are are following those things is just ever so important. And then one thing too, I was going to mention. Um, one of the things that we're determining is that the loss of smell and taste, smell and taste is one of the first indicators. So keep that in mind. <laughs> That's interesting. Have you noticed that too, Bernie? Is that something that you guys have also uh, come across as well? Uh, not person, not personally. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen and obviously heard that also. Uh, that that can be one of the symptoms, but we're we're a little past that when we get in when we get involved. The right. uh, providers have already put a uh, a code out for a, a severe fever and or cough or shortness of breath. That's what they're they're going after. Right, right. Um, is it safe to say that um, if someone um, does end up having it, or if they feel like they potentially have it? Um, my daughter has said there's things that people could do at home to kind of loosen up the chest, um, um, you know, hold your breath for so much time, let it out, put your hands over your, over your head, um, just to kind of loosen up that, um, congestion before it gets to the point where it's, where it is a situation where you do have to end up in a hospital. Is that pretty accurate as well? I know from my take, I'm sure Bernie, we both have stuff for that. Um, just from our take, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do, but that's not going to protect you. And so, okay. you know, by, by holding your breath, that's making sure to know what's your capacity to keep your lungs going so that it doesn't turn into like a pneumonia or go deeper okay. into an infection. 
Right. Um, so I think that there's a lot of things out there. I'm not going to say that they're right or wrong. Right. Um, you know, it's just, is it going to protect you? You know, right. I, I know, I actually, I, I know someone that's, they're like, I'm going to drink lemon water and it pushes down into the gut. Hey, everybody's trying to find these things, right? What's right. going to work, but it's not proven. So, I mean, positivity to each their own finding something, hands down. <laughs> and, and we have, is it safe to say that it, it, the effects are different for every patient? Is that safe to say as well? Well, we're seeing all over the media that that there are carriers out there that are non-symptomatic, but yet can can still have uh, this COVID nineteen. So I think everybody's everybody is different, um, reacts different. The uh, immune immunocompromised patient or resident in an assisted living or memory care obviously doesn't <clears throat> have that immune system to to fight off right. uh, um, you know what's going on especially if they've got multiple multiple things going on some some bacterial right. infection uh, another viral infection and and with the dormitory style uh, lifestyle that they live being in such close proximity of each other it's just it spreads like wildfire and unless like andy said there is a protocol in place there is there's process and procedure uh to make sure that a patient that is put to or a resident that's potentially um got this or anything else is is quarantined because it it right. spreads like wildfire right right so a lot of people are now going out with masks on and things like that does that help um when you're out in public um or is the social distancing really the best way to to deal with this when you're out in public so it is recommended to keep the mask on and just kind of for example you know if someone comes and sneezes and then that gets on the countertop and then someone comes put their hand on there Right, that's the whole thing, and then they go to touch their nose, and so um, right. the mask is really, you know, helping with that transmission. But then, two, if you're sneezing, you don't have your mask on, and you're within six feet, that can that can jump right onto you. So yeah, it can spread both. pretty. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So with allergy season right now, is that something? I mean, obviously, is sneezing isn't necessarily one of the symptoms, but if they do sneeze and they do have the positive, then that could be the cause of a spread is what you're saying, basically. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, um, so really ideally for us, um, uh, to wrap it up real quick, really the main thing is to, um, um, to help prevent the spread. And um, Andy, give us your, um, give us kind of like your last few minutes of, of your take on how to protect ourselves, how to prevent it, and, and what you want to tell our, um, our families, adult children, and their loved ones to help protect them. Yeah. Um, so here's one thing that I think is really interesting that kind of puts it in perspective. So there was a study that was done and it was uh, monitoring how often individuals saying that their desk touched their face. They touched their face 23 times an hour. So you start thinking about that, right? And so, hey, I'm going to challenge you all to be conscientious of that, you know, yeah. and, and just try to decrease that. And then to keep everybody safe, you know, keep practicing that social distancing. I know it's hard. 
I know that there's long days, we're all in this, but this is really, really important because it, we're, we're getting a lot of steps within the healthcare systems, getting bottlenecked within the hospital system and they are positive, where do we send them? And that's really a whole other conversation, but just you are part of the solution by just social distancing. And then, you know, for those individuals who have seniors, their loved ones, know that there's resources, know that, you know, you can reach out. Like we even have a triage line that you can call and just ask questions. And, and then we can, we can put that triage line on our, on the bottom of our, of our link too, if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think just to know that there's resources and, you know, don't be the first to go rush them to the ED. We right. can have this in a very timely manner. Let's really utilize that telemedicine and then we can utilize Bernie's services to get them that testing that's appropriate. Um, so I think just, you know, not being scared by telemedicine and embracing it. Yeah. And then Bernie, what do you, what do you, I know your, your main company is the testing of it, but um, what are your um, um, advisors and doctors in your company? What are they, um, what are they saying as far as um, protecting loved ones as well? Well, following obviously the CDC guidelines of, of social distancing, of hand washing, of using the available protective gear that, that is out there. Um, I think, I think the, the medical providers have to be really, really conscientious and careful because mm -hmm. they have the ability, if they don't practice the proper procedure of, of moving it from one community to another, Right. Um, you know, and, and they're all, they're all well-trained, but I've seen, I've seen cases early on where when people didn't think this was what it was, mm -hmm. there might've been a little lax uh, process procedure going on. And like I said, once it's in these communities, it's, it spreads like wildfire. So. Right. And, and I think too, I think you both had mentioned earlier when, before we started that, um, you know, you've got to be careful. I know a lot of people are wearing gloves, but then they're touching everything with their gloves. So really right. it's almost like it's spreading it almost even worse. Than sure. Gloves have. gloves are meant to be one and done. Put, okay. put your gloves done. on. For instance, put your gloves on, go to the grocery store, do your shopping, be touching that cart, touching those shelves, touching that uh, ATM machine, whatever you're touching. And then as you leave, take those gloves off. They, they're yeah. If, if there's infection, it's on those gloves. Remove them properly, dispose of them, and right. put new gloves on for your next task. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you both coming on. And if you're okay, I'd love to maybe have you come on again because it doesn't, I, I know we're not going to try to, um, it, it's not going to go away like tomorrow. Hopefully it'll go away sooner um, and we can all kind of go back to some sort of a normal life. But um, I'd love to have you both back on so we can get maybe updates on what's going on in with this situation and how the state of Arizona is handling it and some of the hospitals and communities. And as you said, Bernie, earlier, it's it's changing sometimes hour by hour. So I'd love to have you both back on at another time and um, here maybe in the next week or two, and we can maybe go through some of the updates that you both have. And Bernie, for, for those folks that are watching, um, if they think that they need testing, 
is it best to go through someone like um, the emergency department or is it better to go through like their primary care doctor? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I, I, <laughs> I not only deal with a lot of assisted living, memory care, um, mobile providers who are in these communities, but I also deal with, with brick and mortar primary care physicians. I figured you did. <laughs> they, they, they don't want sick people in their, in their waiting rooms. So right. they are turning, you know, from what I hear from patients, they're, they're getting turned away when they go to their primary care. They're, okay. they're being told, go to the ER, go to a, a, you know, an express med and they're being turned away. So it's, you know, it's lack of, it's lack of testing. It's, right. it's the, our lack of, of, um, materials for testing. And right. then it's also, you know, process procedure and policy of those individual places on what they, what they will test and what they won't. Um, right. Half the battle is insurance. Will commercial insurance reimburse these labs? Uh, we know firsthand that we're, we're having a terrible time getting reimbursement from some commercial insurance. Uh, Medicare okay. is not a problem with us. That's why we love catering to that senior population. Right. Because A, we can service them, and B, we can make sure that we get compensated as a laboratory. Gotcha. And I never even thought about that. So maybe next time we can go dive into that a little bit more, because it sounds like um, some of the insurances aren't going to pay for some of these testings um, with this particular situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you both for coming, and we'll we'll have... Um, your information down on the bottom so that folks can reach out to you if if they um, have any further questions. And um, we will have you back on Solving Life's Next Chapter. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.